and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, Cake Sailors, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, it was a cake walk with our playmate Stephen Seagal as he saved the day in Under Siege, which means today, Wesley snipes. Except he doesn't actually shoot people from a hiding place at long range. He prefers it up close and personal as he takes down Charles Rain, who feels no pain on a plane in Passenger 57. <laughs> I've got that rhyme as well. <laughs> get off the sidelines, you gotta get back into this game. They finally captured the world's most dangerous hijacker. Now, they're bringing him back for trial on a plane. Notify my people. They'll know what to do. That was their first mistake. <laughs> Once again, Charles Rain is in control. And how do you like your sirloin, sir? Bloody. But there's just one thing he didn't count on. So which film in this die-hard-inspired double bill will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash on the Titles. Of the titles, we're keeping it as that. <laughs> Hello, Clash Butters. Charles Rain is not insane. Every everybody, Charles Rain is not insane. Charles Rain is not insane. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Chris Tilly. Right then, welcome to part two of Under Siege versus Passenger 57. But before we get into this episode, it's time for a dip into the digital mailbag and a review from one of you, read by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. A Chris Tilly. Uh, this comes from WoodyB88, who says, Great pod! Fantastic pod. You three always make me laugh. Been listening since the Demolition Man episode, as I'm a huge Stallone fan. You'll be happy today then, because we're talking about Wesley Snipes. Uh, I enjoyed the way you reviewed the movie. I've listened to every episode since then. Loving the Avengers Marathon episodes too. Um, Thank you, Woody. uh, Woody, only only the episode since Demolition Man. There were several, if not more episodes. Yeah, I think there's more. Toughest toughest man in the world. Toughest man in the world. You've got, um, what else? shit. Uh, Outland versus Serenity. Outland versus there's some belters wait, 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 wait. Dark Star <laughs> versus Galaxy Quest look at this shit look at this shit this was on uh, the Joe Blow website the best movie you never saw Outland yeah. it was a good film it was a good film <laughs> this, was a, this was a subtitle while we're doing things like that this All was right. a subtitle on one of our um, videos this week That's, what does that say? that you saying that you're 44 years I'm old I'm 44 That's yeah, what you, say. you say it on the episode so what's happened there? I'm not throwing you under the bus, Nikki. I am. Is the subtitles you said that's being forty for you? All oh, right. And yeah. the subtitles are saying that's being forty four. Hey. Yay! Hey. Hey. Do I look 44? You look older. Like, since, <laughs> since I've read that, um, I'm seeing you a different way. It's also where you are talking about wanting to fuck the whole. <laughs> Maybe they should be worried about that. Oh, just I got asked that question. I didn't just go, oh, do you know what I want to say, everyone? <laughs> right, but you have an option to go, I probably won't say I want to fuck the whole. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you had spent three minutes saying he's more attractive than Mark Ruffalo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the fact that you shut yourself in your kids' room with the comics and tell them not to come in. No, I said that. You, you said did. That. I did. Yeah. Uh, all right then. So, as I said, part two of Under Siege versus Passenger 57. On Monday, V had her cake and ate it in Under Siege, which means it's my job to ask, guys, do you ever play roulette? <laughs> Guy, on occasion. No, oh no, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let me give you a little word of advice. Always bet on black. So a 50% chance of success then. Excellent. <laughs> let me take you on a journey. But that just is roulette. I'm not being funny. Like... What, why would isn't, you it say... less than, isn't it less than 50%? Because there's the, a green one. Green one yeah. Yeah. So what basically Stones is saying, always bet on black. Because I'm, I'm, there's a chance I might not save the day. 50% says <laughs> you, Charles Rain, will win. Less than 50%. Let's just like, less than 50%. I mean, what is it? All right, 49%. There's a 49% that each of us could be successful, which isn't as big a threat as I always thought it was as a kid. Yeah, but I suppose there's no skill to rule it, so you've just got to pick a colour, haven't you? So <laughs> right. just pick black. Sure. Okay. Okay, so it does work. I think so. All right, fine. Uh, let me take you on a journey. John Cutter is an angry man, apparently. All he does is raise his voice slightly while teaching a safety class, but that's enough for his BFF Sly to gaslight him into thinking he's a ticking time bomb. That's because Sly wants him to become vice president of a whole goddamn airline, which is a natural career progression. Safety instructor, then vice president. <laughs> anyway, after travelling back to the 1980s where he meditates in his apartment, John takes a job and has to fly to LA. Cue a lot of establishing shots of a plane in case you weren't aware what they were. And we're off. But uh oh, Charles Rain is not insane and feels no pain, but he's on the plane. And thanks to Sabrina, the teenage bitch, Rain escapes. John assaults some police officers while Rain runs around a fairground, shoots up a merry-go-round, get back, gets back on the plane, then gets off the plane again at 30,000 feet. But if you think John's tired after all that, no, he's going to take a five-mile walk into town with Marty, who doesn't get a say. The end. <laughs> Crashbutters! Cake sailors, one and all, for your <laughs> judgment today, it is Passenger 57. Uh, so, I'll start. I remember seeing this, Histories of the Movie, Histories of the Movie section. I remember seeing the trailer for this and thinking it looked awesome for two reasons. First of all, the bit where Charles Rain does the double finger guns and goes, Poof, and the kid jumps. I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. Also, the bit where the camera comes from about two and a half miles away up to Wesley Snipes' face. Mm -hmm. and he's going, always bet on black. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so those two things, I was very excited about seeing it. Uh, watched it uh, the same year as I watched Under Siege. Uh, liked it. Never wanted to revisit it as much as I did Under Siege. So this is probably about the third watch, I'd say. I think I've caught it on TV before. V. I've seen it quite a lot. It was, uh, but in bits because it was like in the student house. Somebody loved it. It wasn't me, but I, I'll just say this now. I think this film is fucking amazing. <laughs> I love this film so much. So I've just you seen promised it. me that you love this film, and it's not just because this film is going up against no, I Hansi, love it. Hansi Segal. I love this film. Okay, great. I love it. And I've got I, obviously there's like nostalgia there, but I've got some good reasons as to why I can justify that. But yeah, I've just seen it. Like I've seen bits of it a million times. I've seen the whole thing probably. Three Three or four oh my times. God. This is fantastic. I'm so excited because I, I think this film, the, I, it's amazing that an action movie has left me this confused about what 
the main character, our protagonist, actually does. No idea. I've got a quote from Wesley Snipes on the set. I'll read it in a moment. He's got no idea either. Doesn't matter. Does not know what John Cutter's <laughs> actual job he's is. He's vice president of the counterterrorism unit, I think. No, he's vice president of the entire of the whole co- thing. Of the high, but he only if he does a good conference when he gets to LA, which he hasn't even got. Who is Bruce Greenwood in this movie? What is his fucking job? Is he know. the president? In which case, can he not give John the job? Who is John going to meet? It's fucking mad, Chris. I remember seeing the trailer for this over and over again yeah. in the cinema and the place would erupt when he said always it's bet on black. Great. Certainly in Croydon anyway and Bromley. And then when I watched the film with my mates in the cinema, the place erupted when he said always bet on black. Um, but my abiding memory of this film, uh, when I was 15, I thought I've never seen a performance in a cinema as bad as Elizabeth Hurley's in this film. And... I stand by that to this day, I think. I think it's one of the worst performances that's ever been in a theatrically released movie. <laughs> I, I, was, I think the energy varies. John. It's deeply sexual at some points. Mm. With Marty, I was like, what's this? Mm-hmm. Good, good. Why not have the energy? Mm-hmm. But it may be a bit of a curveball at that point. It is wonderful to be flattered by one's peers. What is that? <laughs> what? Who are you? Well, she's just English Rose. <laughs> but no one talks yeah, like that no. in England. No, I know, that, but they think we do. <laughs> Bruce Payne's English in this. <laughs> he doesn't talk like that. That's true. It is a wondrous thing to murder one on a plane. <laughs> that would be fine. I've always loved Continuity. It. I mean, I know it's crackers, but I just like it. She looks so awkward with that gun as well. Like when she like settles into herself, like she looks like she's never held a gun before. How do like a steak? <laughs> Bloody! <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's growing on me as we talk about it. Uh, so, how many times have you watched it since? A few. None. <laughs> You've seen it. This is like what your second watch then? Yes, or third maybe. I might have watched it again at the time. But it's so short. You can fit it in whenever you need to. Yeah. I mean, I told didn't I? It clocks in about seventy-five minutes I without credits. Like three, at least three minutes. No, six minutes. Three minutes of slap bass credits at the start, yeah. and another ten minutes of exteriors of planes. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That the number of shots of that yeah. plane is going. Look, it's a plane. I'm like, got it. Plane, more plane. No, no, no. I, I know what one is. Plane, plane wing, plane engine, plane, plane tail. I'm like. Fucking hell, is this a special plane? Uh, I've also, there's a massive driving scene, unnecessary, yeah. where he's driving to meet them at the country. In fact, get rid of the country club scene entirely. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but then, but then it wouldn't be allowed to be released theatrically. It'd this be is, so short. <laughs> this is the brilliant thing. On the e-behind-the-scenes thing, there's a bit where Kevin Hooks, the director, is talking to Wesley Simpson. He's like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I... Sorry, he's like, so what I'm going to need you to do is I want you to ride the motorcycle up, but come a bit further and park up here because that's going to give me an extra minute of film. And I was like... Never. Yeah. I'm wow. like, oh, my God. They knew on the set. They, wow. were, like, they were like, extend anything wowzers extend anything why is he on the ferris wheel we need an extra minute <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you a bit about it anyway uh so uh weird that you uh weird that you don't like doing sequels before we've uh, done the original so we're skipping the first 56 passenger movies oh, hello hey. hello you fucking oh cake sailor <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, so the original idea was conjured up by a man named Stuart Raphael uh, I think we're going to be talking about it maybe uh, in the future next week uh, interesting career so he started out running a company that rented wild animals to film and TV shows including Tarzan uh, he rented lions tigers elephants chimpanzees grizzly bears 
Uh, he uh, said, of all the animals he ever worked with, the chimps were the most interesting but the most dangerous. I fucking told you that. Yeah, well, I'm, it's, a, it's a throwback to episode two, where you did a massive monologue, bearing in mind it's the second ever podcast you'd ever done, a massive monologue about a chimp ripping a woman's face off, which was surprising. Because I'm a public service broadcaster at heart, it turns out. Yeah, yeah uh, I think it's the Congo episode, if people want to revisit yeah. Uh, that they uh, are dangerous little bastards, and you need to be very careful. <laughs> so, Rafil, uh, he'd previously directed uh, the excellent Philadelphia Experiment. I do enjoy that movie, uh, but he'd also at this point directed Mannequin Two on the Move. Oh, great! Mm. Un- unwatchable. Um, <laughs> and do famously, you know, yeah. Do you know what else he directed? No. I have big news on this front. Right. He directed a film called Mac and Me. Uh, wrote. And directed I've seen Mac, Mac and, and me. me, which is now available on Freebie no! in the UK. How oh, is it? Yeah, I just really love Mac and Me. Is it terrible? What are you? What, talking no, about? You're, I think you're getting confused with something. ET. Just, yeah, it's, no, because no. I'd never seen ET. That's my thing, isn't it? No, I'd it's seen... the, no, it's the it's the it's the McDonald's advert. What? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a famous thing that Paul Rudd, every time he goes on like Kimmel, is it one of the chat yeah. shows? He, he goes, I've brought I've brought Conan. I've brought this clip from my new movie, and it's always the kid in the wheelchair going over the cliff. I don't know what you're talking about. That's okay, Mac and me. Okay. You, what are you thinking? Uh, you, you must think that's something else because it's one of the. Are you thinking yeah. of Marley and me? That's a dog. <laughs> I can see a little alien oh that my isn't God. easy. Well, me. All right. Well, we do, we're doing it with you then because if you like that film, that will be amazing. Okay. All right. I can't stand by it because I haven't seen it for years, if at all. <laughs> Excellent episode already. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so yeah. So he's written and directed Mac and me. Tammy and the T Rex. Have you seen that? He directed oh, that. Oh, my God. Is that the cop, buddy cop thing? No, Tammy oh. the T-Rex is this girl. She's dating Paul Walker. And then I think he dies and his brain ends up in the body of a Tyrannosaurus Rex that's come back from olden times. <laughs> Vicky's nodding. Yeah. Perfect. Double bear with Mac and me. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's a insane. Co- sure. But it's also ultra-violent, <laughs> which, is, which is weird. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, well, uh Old uh, Stuart Raphael, his original idea for this film, very different. And uh, everything that you hear me say right now is a direct quote, so don't crucify Mm. me for it. So this was written as an action film for a guy like Clint Eastwood about a man going to bury his son in Spain who sat next to an Iranian terrorist on a plane. The terrorist hijacks the plane and takes the passengers to Iran. Then Clint Eastwood's character escapes captures the Mullers and holds them as prisoners in exchange for American prisoners. Okay. There were a lot of films being made with plots like that, though, where the cannon were doing them, Mm. Chuck Norris were in them. Some of them were called Delta Force. Sure. Um, This was a very common storyline. Yeah. Rafil uh, said, the head of the studio said to me, if I make the movie, they'll blow up the theatres. Okay. So that didn't happen. He then left to work on another project. When he came back to it, he said that his work (coughs) only remains in the first quarter of the resulting film. Uh, interesting story about how he came up with Passenger 57. Heinz 57. He saw a label. He loved that number. He loved it. He saw Heinz 57 went, mm. Pass, Pass Heinz. Heinzinger. Yeah, they, they don't really do much with the whole Passenger 57 thing no. within the film. <laughs> oh, who's Passenger 57? It could be this mystery. We've got this guy. What? It's on the plate. Who's the passenger of the mysterious? Is it 57? No. Nope. I'll tell you what's mad. What's even more mad? I watched it and I was like, so he's in seat 57. No, it's arbitrary. She just starts counting in one place and lands on him and goes, 56. That's such a good point. 57? Yeah, he's just passenger 57. If she had started counting somewhere else on the plane, 13, 12, 62. Arbitrary. Yeah. 
Completely arbitrary. Uh, it's rewritten by uh, a couple of guys. Dan Gordon, who'd go on to write White Earp and The Hurricane. David Lowry, who's uh, written on two movies we've covered, The Good Son and The Three Musketeers. He also worked on Money Train and Lakeview Terrace, which I imagine we will get to both well, at I some point. potentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Wesley Snipes cast as John Cutter. Good year for Snipes. This and Demolition Man. <sighs> yep. That is the birth of an action star, isn't it? Right there in those 12 months. Uh, apparently, uh, this comes from the uh, behind the scenes on E! Uh, documentary. Uh, that's overselling it. It's not a documentary, but sure. Uh, he rides his motorbike. He rode his motorbike onto set every day. There's an interview with him. He goes, I like to ride my motorbike onto set every day because it avoids having to talk to someone that early or feel obliged to crack jokes or listen to music I don't want to. Oh, I'm with him on that. So he, okay. didn't, get, he didn't get his lemo in. Yeah. He, got, uh, he got his bike on. Okay. I'm bike. with him. I'm grateful. I don't want to talk to anyone in the mornings. It's 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 all it, yeah. When 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 we get our drivers to the podcast uh, and they're like, "Hey, how, how's it going? What do you oh, do?" Oh no, just mate, like, mate. Just no. I, I put the Higgins, sc- Higgins. <laughs> I press the button. The, sc- <laughs> the screen goes up. Fancy you. I crack, crack open the champagne in the back. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. So uh, there's no real detailed oral history <clears throat> on this movie, unfortunately. How strange. Yeah, uh, there is one for. Money plane, however, which uh, again we're going to do at some point. You want to see a man fucking alligator? Money plane, brilliant line, uh, delivered by the legend Kelsey Grammer. So, uh, film hit fifteen million dollar budget, so fifteen million dollars less than Under Siege, made sixty six million dollars. Uh, not received particularly well critically. Uh, v, your new favourite section. 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Whatever. Based on how many reviews, though? Quite uh, right, Chris. Yeah, I don't know. Three. The four. Washington Herald <laughs> said... Washington uh, Willie. <laughs> yeah. uh, people love snipes and pain in this, but they didn't rate the script as mostly uh, the general thing. Well, I, mean, I, I certainly wasn't caring yeah. about the reviews yeah. uh, when I saw it. Idiots. I beg to differ. Always bet on hacks. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Dry air, dry air in here. Right then, let's go through this film. Starts with the funkiest intro music you've ever heard. So funky. Boom. <laughs> X-ray on his eye. Boom. Boom. Closer and closer. <laughs> funky. Dissolves not into his eye though. Oh, it's into a surgeon's life. Boom. Funkiness over. Now we've got to get serious. Yeah, right. Because it's Bruce Payne as Charles Rain. He feels no pain. What's a fucking open? You're like, who is he? Yep. Who is he? Don't use. I don't need any drugs. A he changes his face constantly. What a mystery. B, I don't need any pain relief. What the fuck is going on? Mm. Like, I am so into this film straight away. He's a great villain. I do I do rate. I, I never liked him particularly when I watched it as a kid. I think it's because his hair is very, very uncool. Yeah. Mm. But now... Those dead eyes. Those dead fucking eyes. We're not we're not long after Silence of the Lambs, aren't we? And I think he's channeling a bit of Hannibal Lecter yep. in the um the sort of cool demeanour, the freakish things he's saying. Yeah. Um I have a question though. What? Um he, he knows this raid is coming. Yeah. So why is he there? Why have you scheduled your is... important face surgery? It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense. Just sitting is there. It, is, is it, it twelve PM? Do you need yeah. to kill the surgeon as well? Can't you just escape? Was the, sur- well, I the think surgeon? The surgeon was... I think the surgeon knows that there's gonna be a raid. Right. I think the surgeon and and the those are the people that have told the authorities. They've double crossed him. Yes. Okay. But it's just because he's got people I, everywhere, hasn't he? I, I think they're trying to establish. I, I think they're trying to establish it as a catchphrase because he goes, he goes. Oh yeah, they do it again. <laughs> what time is it? Yeah, that's. True. And then later on, he says to someone, 
What time is it? It's like that's. Doesn't he say it's to Elizabeth Hurley? No, he oh, says he it does. to one of the FBI agents. Okay. What time is it? And you're like, you tell me, me like, oh, trouble. Here he goes, <laughs> Catchray City. Uh, Kevin Hooks, the director, E behind the scenes. Uh, he said that uh, every uh, other actor at some point got his name wrong. Yeah, of course. Uh, apparently, that's a nightmare. at various times he was called Charles Payne, Charles Frayne. Charles Kane, and in one weird instance, <laughs> Charles, Charles Foster Kane. Yeah, someone called him Randolph, uh, which I guess is a Citizen Kane attached thing. They went, oh no, it's it's it, it's not Charles Kane, Randolph, Randolph Hurst. It's <laughs> oh, Randolph. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, Bruce say uh, Bruce Payne says uh, on the behind the scenes of his character Charles Rain. Uh, Charles Rain has got so much nerve, so much bravado. Cat and Mouse isn't really a good description of him and John Cutter. It's more like. Big pause. Yeah. Bear and honey. <laughs> oh, Bruce. Bruce. Oh, bless him. Hang on. Bless Hang him. on. Bear and honey. That's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, you could see, and the way, the thing is, you can see him thinking, go, oh, no, I have oh, wandered no, into a cul-de-sac no. and there's no way out. What, what, what's a cat and mouse? Oh, bear. It's more like a Bear and honey. They can't say bear and fish. That's so <laughs> stupid. But it's better. Mm. Bear and stuff. Say more, more like gun and bullet. <laughs> <laughs> just, just any two uh, things. Yeah. Uh, so um, we're on a plane now with Wesley Snipes. Uh, he's John Cutter. Uh, why? Because he gets angry and can be quite cutting. Yeah, he cuts through things. Yeah, he's not messing around. Uh, Marty, she shouldn't have improvised. The idiot. Just do what you're told. If a man puts a gun to your head, just obey him. Send an email, John. You don't need to do a class for that. <laughs> it's fine. That's the new rule. That follow that. Don't don't put her in a situation. Go. What do you do? What do you, oh, is, is it this? No, idiot. <laughs> Why are you so stupid, Marty? So, uh, Tom Sizemore turns up. He's Sly Del Vecchio. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything for that. Uh, John Cutter. Oh, wow. Uh, so, this is where it gets really... Brilliant. Utterly, <laughs> utterly. The dialogue is sending you it's in brilliant. one direction, and then the facts of the movie are completely different. I agree with you. So, Sly goes... Sly says, this isn't the Secret Service. And you go, oh, yeah. John was in the Secret Definitely. Service. Sly's still in the Secret Service, I'm assuming, from That's this. Funny. That's what you're meant to, It's like, yep. neither of them have ever been in the Secret <laughs> Service. Neither of them. Really? Great. No, neither of them. I love like, it. Currently, Sly works in some form of security for the airline. John, despite teaching safety instructions for an airline, isn't employed by the airline. No. Doesn't work for the airline Freelancer. at all. He's an independent yeah. safety yeah. instructor at, at an yeah. airline training facility yeah. where he uh, does lessons mm. in hijack simulation. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, this is what <laughs> this is what Wesley Snipes says when he's asked to describe his character on the E documentary. So uh, he uh, he goes. He's a, a, a kind of ex-Special Forces Dude. guy, kind of an army man. And you're like, <laughs> you've got no idea That's either. That's such a catch-all. It's, it's like, but he, he's neither of those things. He, like In the movie, ne- neither of those things are established. Former cop. 
I don't think he's a cop either. I think he's just worked for... The only thing we have is that he was previously working for that airline in airline security. He left because Lisa died in a shop. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that and shop... Now, that shop he wants to work in airlines, but not really for the airline. And he says... Let me get this straight. He says because he's he has to deal with trauma um, and the fact that there's bureaucracy in the airlines and they're cutting corners to save money none of again not in the film not in the film um, but it, the sequence in the shop where Lisa gets killed he's he's behaving like a cop he sure is sure he's got a gun but that depends on state boundaries stopping Which, a crime <laughs> yep I mean, he can have a license for a concealed firearm. Uh, anyway, uh, he goes on. He goes, uh, Wesley Snipes goes, he has to fly to LA to finalise a deal. Uh, the plane is hijacked by this international terrorist. And now this guy, my guy, a guy he's described as ex-special forces and an army man, kind of. He goes, now this every man <laughs> who just wants to get on with his life and get his spirit back has to deal with trauma and high adventure and killing people and shooting them. And stuff like that. <laughs> Between perfect. his and Bruce Payne's interview, someone brief them. <laughs> someone give them something. It's like he's got to deal with trauma and high adventure and a bear and honey. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, uh, so we, Lisa's dead. Charles is in prison now uh, and he's an airline bomber for some reason. Turns out later, later, he bombs stuff to make his getaway. Yes. And changes his face. Yeah. He seems... Whatever the job that he's done that makes him wanted is, it's got to be bigger than blowing something up and changing your face. Well, you're making it sound ridiculous now, because obviously (laughs) what he does is, the blowing of the thing up is the crime. No, no, no. It's a distraction so he can get away. Yeah, from the crime he committed. What is the crime? Just blowing shit up, I think. So he blows one thing up, that's the crime, then blows something else up to get away. No, I think it's all wrapped into one blowing (laughs) up. I think it's the biggest problem with the film, is that our villain, we don't know what his motivation is. Yeah. He he doesn't seem to have a cause. He's a sadist. Yeah. But then the trouble there is why are all these people on his team following him because there's not money in it and there's not a cause so what reason have they got to follow him into explosions wow. yeah. he's big in the middle east apparently that's why we can't touch him we can't touch we him we can't touch he's him he's got yeah. connections in the middle east <laughs> those people what connections those what, people what, what, those... the middle east can't just go he's one of ours <laughs> leave him alone he's blown shit up and those yeah. people on his team aren't from the middle east no I mean, Elizabeth Hurley maybe potentially has a sexual relationship with him. Well, I wonder because... Sorry, I thought you were going to say, from a performance, she might be. I don't, God, I don't I know. I wonder if she's his sister, because they throw this in about, well, the things that his dad did to him and his sister, and then you've got this English rose, and I thought, well, maybe oh, she's his twist. freaky sister. That would have been a good twist. But yeah. it's not cleared up, is it? It's No, definitely not. No matter. Not. Uh, so his attorney is going to plead insanity. <laughs> idiot no how long have you been his attorney don't don't confuse that don't confuse genius and insanity mate do you know how we're going to remember this together because the terrifying villain is now going to come up with a schoolyard rhyme for us to all remember charles rain is not insane say it with me charles rain is not insane one more time oh my god are we doing the rule of three on the same thing yeah charles rain is not insane i've got it and it doesn't advance the plot that much because you're like you are clearly insane and you're you're a bad guy but obviously they just like you say want to stretch it out as long as possible so for a runtime of whatever it is, an hour, 
like 25 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting with his attorney. Yeah. It's great. Uh, but, you know, well, well, where do you go from there? Let's get some action. No, let's go to uh, John's uh, apartment come dojo. Fucking awesome flashback. Love yeah, it. Yeah, sexy sax playing. Yeah, it's raining. It's not a flashback. <laughs> no, that's where he flashbacks about Lisa. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, about sure. Lisa. He's but that's Lisa. in the present, even, oh, though, yeah. even though it looks like he's gone to the 1980s. He's got to work out. <sighs> it's a weird moment. I love, I mean, when we talk about Fritz, it's like, poor old Lisa. But fine, whatever. Like he just couldn't save her. Poor fridge, Lisa. <laughs> Poor what, fridge what, does he, what does he say? Ah, oh, my baby girl, it's going to be all right. And you're like, you're like, a baby girl, it's going to be all right. I, I mean, she's it. taken a bullet to the head. Not a medic. We can rule that out. We can rule out doctor or or any medical professional as a profession. I love it. it mm. It's sort of semi diehard. It's he's almost like the Al Powell of this movie where yeah. someone died because he drew his gun and he feels guilt about it so mm-hmm. now he's non-violent I guess the point was in that opening scene is he, he, he's preaching non-violence mm. he is yes. but very quickly he changes his tune oh yeah well he has to <laughs> but he yeah. is a bit Al Powell up until that point yeah yeah. Uh, also, uh, good line when you're robbing somewhere at Christmas. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. <laughs> good. It's, yeah, low hanging fruit, but oh, fine. Yeah. Although the guy doesn't. The guy goes, "You shouldn't have tried to stop me." Yeah. It's like sort of. Yeah. I don't know that. Anyway, he's dead. Uh, she's dead. Both of them are dead. And John is now in a long driving sequence. Uh, <laughs> Got to bump up that runtime. So he's meeting Bruce Greenwood. V, you love this movie. Who is Bruce Greenwood? <laughs> I, no I think his name's Stuart Ramsey. Uh, Stuart Ramsey, all it is, this is why I love this film so much. This doesn't work on a podcast, but what some men actors do, especially Tom Sizemore, and Bruce Greenwood to a lesser extent, maybe he's more of a finessed actor, but in, it's just a lot of this, a lot of this, Joel Rubin, a lot of like, God damn it, you, like a lot of that. And Bruce Greenwood's job is to be angry man boss and be like, make it happen, walk off. Yeah. What's going on? He walk spends off. the run- rest of this movie managing the PR of his airline. Yeah. He yeah. runs the airline. So he's the president? I believe so, so yes. But it's okay. like you said, where is John Cutter going? Yeah. So John, job John is going to run their counter-terrorist task force. No, but force. he's got to impress. He hasn't got yeah. the job from the president. The president's not allowed, so is he going to meet the board? Oh, the board! The it board. must be the board! It's the board! It's the board. It is the yeah. board. Fine. OK, that makes more Great. sense. Yeah. So even though no one ever says... This is Stuart Ramsey, the president of the airline, which would be useful considering we don't know what John does. So like, let's establish what other people Stuart, though. I feel like I picked it up with Stuart. Yeah. All right. Well, John clearly knows his shit at this dinner. Uh, Sly's the only one drinking. I noticed that. <laughs> Uh, he is. He's got a glass of wine. It's, you know what? It's that thing where you order first. You go, I'll have a glass of wine. And the two other cunts, they, all, they go, we'll have water. And you feel like a, yes. you feel like an alky. Every, yeah. every, every lunch I've ever had in LA. Every single time. You just don't, don't stitch me up like that. That is, that is rude. That's why you never order first. You always go, what are you having? Like, well, water. Never... Like you're meat. <laughs> I always wanted water. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Poor Sly. Uh, that's why he hasn't got the job as vice president. Anyway. <laughs> John knows his shit. 27 airlines have been hijacked in the last something. Uh, the Israelis never have, though. What does that come back later? Well, you remember where I said, Stuart Raphael said, uh, uh, some of mine's in the first quarter of the movie. That's from the old movie. Right. It makes no sense here. <laughs> don't need it. it don't need weird. it. They don't, let, they don't let them on the plane. Right. Right. So is that, is, where does that come back? It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> Just the Israelis are good. If this was an Israeli airline, <clears throat> we'd be fine. There wouldn't be a movie, in fact. So, good job. Where, the Americans... Sure. So he gets the job as vice president. He just has to impress the board. Sly starts telling him to, to say something special or something. It's just chat at this point. Uh, so 
We get the establishing shots of the plane. Uh, Charles is being put on the plane. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Forget turns up. Fouget. <laughs> it's well, he, French. John's sexually assaulted at the airport, isn't he? It's a scene I could do without. It's highly unrealistic. It's a red flag for her, frankly. She's got a job to do. No one thinks. You think it because of movies, but the first time you get checked at a security, you're not allowed to be like, oh, here we go. Mm. Like, that is not the point of the security check. Do you mean that she, can't, she shouldn't <laughs> cup his balls? She shouldn't be doing it for a start. Like, oh, do you have to have the same sex then? Well, I mean, obviously, does that just take account of like heterosexual preferences and whatever? But every time I've... Well, maybe it's only for women. Every time I've been searched, which is PS, every single fucking time I go through the thing, <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah, quite, <laughs> quite, quite loud. <laughs> uh, uh, we actually, we actually sort of all dove for cover when you went. Come here, children. We thought it was a threat. <laughs> but they say a woman's going to do it because I don't want a man doing my trouser leg, do I? And, and, and I think this is what sets it apart from Die Hard. In I feel like this is as much influenced by black exploitation cinema. And his character, he's sort of this fast-talking, high-kicking dude who hates authority and he's loved by all women. Like, yes. every woman in this film fancies him. Yes. Um, which is fine, but not this woman. No, she's got a job to do. Or, if she does, she should just smile at him, not touch his balls. Sure. <laughs> I, thought- I mean, he's a security specialist. He should be like, you're fired. Like, yes. fun, but you are yeah, also yeah. fired. Because now I think yeah. that scene, he'd be getting racially profiled maybe as he goes through. And yeah. that, would, that would become a scene. But no, he's sexually assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's uh, get on the plane anyway. Uh, we've had enough establishing shots of it, so uh, we should actually see the inside. Oh, we're inside the plane. Um, so, Chris, Liz Hurley turns up as Sabrina Ritchie. Um, mm. Her first line in this to Marty is, any truth in the rumours the men in Los Angeles talk without cue cards? <laughs> the fuck is happening? What, who? So, <laughs> the line makes no sense. Sure, let's just put aside your distaste for it because it is stupid. Shouldn't it be talk with cue cards? I don't. I honestly, I don't know what it means, V. I can't. I can't help you because I don't know what that she's they're, referring they're, to. Because they're, they're all actors, actors, so they're all used to reading lines. Now. Any truth to the rumours? The men in Los Angeles talk without cue cards, right? So can they make conversation when they're not provided with lines? Yes. Yes. Right. Should she really be doing anything about acting <laughs> at this point? No. She's quite Shakespeare. Does she in a minute? I just misread. The whole thing is a total like. Are you? It's that weird energy that's like when people try to write two women, it's like, we're just like sisters. But it comes off as like, we are flirting with each other. Right. So the, 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 the moment here is basically they've just met and Sabrina's... Are going to have sex with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Sabrina's, Sabrina's hiding her, like, hijacking-ness yes. by being over-friendly and bit like weird, and, and, and suggesting that they are going to fuck in the gallery. No, but yes, also, also right. she says my accent makes me sound cold and heartless and tells the girl to, the, the other woman, to always trust your first impression. So she's also kind of telling us who she is. Mm. Yeah. Bit of fun there. It Little is bit a of bit fun. of fun. Yeah. She doesn't manage it. I noticed that um, John is reading the... <laughs> <laughs> what? What's he reading? What's he reading? Vicky doesn't know. No, I know. He's reading the Art of War. <laughs> okay. What's that? Chung, chung, chung. Yeah. You know the book, oh, The Art God. of War. No. I, I'm not going to try and mispronounce the author. It's a very famous Chinese. Oh, well, like a military strategy yes. thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's in business as well, and it's I think I feel like it's the book that's the one that tells you to to your the enemy of your enemy is your friend, and mm. it's, it's where all that stuff comes from. Yeah. But it doesn't come back. Like there's really good stuff in the Art of War that he could be then using in this film. Okay. The only way it comes back is is that in 2000, Wesley Snipes <laughs> made a movie called The, the Art, Art of War. War. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Charles does that cool finger gun moment that I really love with Norman, who should not be staring. It's rude to stare Norman. 
woman. Uh, and uh, then uh, the FBI guy uh, goes, oh, I, like I just found my next yeah, dick's wife. Which is fine because he deserves his death because Elizabeth Hurley leaning over is like, gentlemen, champagne. And he should be like, sorry, do murderers normally get champagne? <laughs> It's so brilliant that she's like, he's like, I'll have a steak. She'd be like, absolutely fucking oh, yeah. not. You don't get anything. Doesn't, doesn't Charles Ringo put it on ice later for when we celebrate yeah. the successful hygiene? Uh, I mean, <laughs> just when we celebrate, not celebrate, put it on. I'm not allowed yeah. champagne, whatever. But what I didn't mean to say was, yeah. you and I are hijacking this plane <laughs> and we'll probably want to drink afterwards, Mr. FBI it's man. It's just so weird that the FBI person isn't like, hang on <laughs> a minute. You might get some peanuts if she's feeling generous, <laughs> but steak and champagne? Yeah. Also, uh. hold on. Why might why have I got an airline hijacker on my plane? plane? Oh, why aren't God. we transporting him by train? <laughs> yeah. This seems like a bad idea. <laughs> that rhymes with rain and pain as well. He's, um, he's, blown up four planes in the last year <laughs> have we not got a car <laughs> it's we'll, so we'll take a couple of days they just don't give a shit it's so brilliant <laughs> that's the best thing that bruce greenwood does in this whole movie he goes why are they putting him on a plane yeah. and, uh, but unfortunately it calls out the entire movie's logic at the same well time. i learned about this in the week so it's not something that i suppose you strive to do but if it's done really well it can be really like self-reflexive and clever i didn't know this you might know this. it's called lamp shading did you know this is it like cake sailing yeah, <laughs> by which it can be anything. So lampshading is a script thing when you call attention to something, but you just like put a lampshade on it and go, it's there, but we're not going to deal with it. Right. So Bruce Green would go, why didn't they put him on a plane? It's meant to, sorry, yes. why did they put him on a plane? Yeah, it's yeah. meant to make the audience go, oh, you do know it's a problem. Right. And you're not going to fix oh, sorry, it. Sorry, it's basically going, we're self-aware. But Leading it, into it. Yeah. So isn't, there, isn't it going... We're self-aware, but we're also lazy. Yeah, very lazy. Right, yeah. fine. Haven't fixed it. Fine. Uh, we'll take a quick break and come back with uh, more our action, action on the plane. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Okay, so I, I, I realise we haven't named the airline. It's uh, Atlantic Atlantic International, who uh, specifically fly domestically. <laughs> what? If we arrive? No, it's not a real airline. But you, there oh is, yeah, sorry. There is no domestic airline in America that has international. It's like Virgin Atlantic <laughs> flies across the Atlantic. Their American arm is not called Virgin Atlantic. Why have you got international in the title of this airline when it's flying from fucking Miami well, to it's LA? Going to Iran, isn't it? That's, <laughs> <laughs> sort of from the old thing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Again. It was going to Spain and then Iran. Oh, so 
John is a, a nervous flyer. Mm. Uh, again, as we said on Monday, fine, except Sly, who also works for airline security, nervous flyer. Why these men both take jobs in airline security is a problem. Having two characters with the same problem is a problem. I, I like him wanting Marty to check in on him from time to time. It's, it's quite a surprising thing for an action hero to do. He doesn't want... No, that's not what that energy is. He's pissed off with her. So he's like, it's a power thing. You have to check in on me because you're the air steward. No, he's nervous. No, he's not. He's quite vulnerable here. Oh, Vicky no. might have a point because I was like, why is he rearranging the spirits on the trolley while he's talking to her? What he's is stressed. No, because he's going, this is how they should be laid out. Because yep. airline security covers trolley layout too. <laughs> oh, okay. so, Always. I think it might be a control thing because I was like, that's a weird thing. Definitely. That explains it. it. Uh, Hurley squeezes Norman's chubby cheek. Is that allowed, Vicky? No. <laughs> if, 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 uh, if Elizabeth Hurley was to meet uh, any of your children and went, yeah. come here and grab yeah. their cheek, how do you feel? I feel violated, but also it is quite nice that she's like, I'm going to get you a soda if it's okay with mom. And it's like, that's a nice touch. Check with the parent first. Obviously, quite a sugary drink. Yeah. Don't grab him. But she's very handsy anyway. Like that whole energy earlier with Marty is like hands, 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 hands. So mm. it tracks for her. Uh, she asked the FBI guy what he's uh, what he'd like. And the FBI goes, I'll have the chicken. And uh, <laughs> Charles goes, how appropriate. Burn. <laughs> Burn. He just called you a chicken. A villain. Burn you, FBI guy. Unbelievable. <laughs> How appropriate. <laughs> I love the chicken. How appropriate, <laughs> idiot, because chicken, that's what I mean. <laughs> wow. Uh, but Charles, because he's fucking alpha, I love the steak. Uh, and he's going to have it bloody in a moment. Uh, uh, Mrs. Edwards, <laughs> she turns up. She thinks uh, John is Arsenio Hall. She does a mm. lot, repeatedly. And she gets a button for that at the end of the film. <laughs> Did you know? They're like, love that bit. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a weird moment, because the passengers who've just seen it door blown off a plane <laughs> and have been hijacked for the last two hours yeah, they all go you're right there you're all on you that's fame uh, I've experienced that so uh, uh... <laughs> those two blokes in the pub a couple of weeks ago <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> those terrifying men yeah uh, no it was really scary you'd gone it, it was not fun it was not fun uh, you, you need to do YouTube oh yeah yeah can I have some money <laughs> yeah brilliant look at my leg <laughs> look at my injured leg Leg. Look at the wound. Please go away. Yeah, that's weeping. We're that is, really frightened you, of you oh, right now. Horrible, horrible. Vicky, horrible. Vicky, please come back from the <laughs> toilet and save us. It's weird when you're not around. They're like flies around shit. Uh, <laughs> they smell weakness. Know, they yeah. smell weakness when, when Vicky's not there. It, it is. It's like you. You're like they're like ships, and your voice is the foghorn keeping them off the boat. <laughs> go away. <laughs> Who's round is he? <laughs> yeah. Don't go near them. She's mad. <laughs> Uh, right, this is a good moment. Finally, we get some gunplay. Um, how do you like your sirloin, sir? Bloody. <laughs> and how do you like your sirloin, sir? Bloody. That's the clue. Do do something. <laughs> <laughs> then he goes into the cockpit. Who's in charge? I am. <laughs> Great moment it's in the always, trailer. Yeah, it is funny, but it is rash to shoot the actual like captain. Maybe she says, "No, no, it's a wordplay game. Who's in charge? <laughs> it's me." And he could got no problem. Absolutely love that. And then don't kill him. Uh, a very strange moment where. John finds out there's hijackers on board and he starts going, ah, hell of a surprise, Sly. Yes, 
It's so stupid. <laughs> so he thinks that Sly surprise is that he's put hijackers on the plane. Yeah, or he's like, people. put John on the plane because he's like, I know there are hijackers on there. Rather than report this, I'll put my security <laughs> specialist because it'll be great press when you land in LA having defeated the... No, I won't, I don't want to do that. I'll, no. I'll just do the conference. Yeah. I don't want to have to fight people. It's such a weird bit of plot. Uh he calls Sly. Please, I don't want to die. Nice bit of love this. John McClaning. John McClaning stuff. I just love. I'm, that's my one of my favourite bits. Help me, help me. I don't want to die. And mm. then he's like, Oh, actually, I'm a badass. I love that. Uh, Charles takes. Uh, well, sorry. Uh, John takes a hijacker hostage. The hijackers take passengers hostage. Already in a weaker position, John. I'm pretty sure if they've hijacked a plane, they have a bigger plan than one of theirs dying. So I just don't think at any point. Turns out they don't. No. No, but what There's else no is he cause. to do? He gets, he, I mean, John really doesn't learn. He's in exactly the same situation that he was with Lisa. She died. He's Douglas, gone as well. Yeah, it's like that's not, brutal. Not learning. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we have a knife fight downstairs with a guy who's initially called Robert, but then it turns out his name is Vincent. His name's Vincent. Get it right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just... Don't, doesn't matter. <laughs> he doesn't... Don't, like, don't... Why is it... So he's, he's, got, he's undercover as Robert, mm-hmm. but then yes. we're going to call him Vincent for the rest of this. Yeah. Sure. He should spend longer, though, I think, pretending... Um, I think they could have some fun with that, the film, rather than him just pulling out a gun straight away. Oh, no, and mean- then he makes a mistake. He's like, I think we should let Charles Ray... Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've put the champagne on ice for when I celebrate with Charles. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, he- the film, I think the film could have had more fun with him. Yes. Um, being sort of a double agent. Yeah. Uh, John. He's a nervous flyer, so he's going to bring the plane down by emptying the fuel and maybe crashing it. You've missed the best line, the best line, when he's with Marty and they're making the plan. He's like, God damn it, Lisa, we haven't got time for this. It's like, no one does that. No one. Even if you are identical to his wife, his dead wife, which she isn't, that's just, it's one of my favourite lines of anything. Uh, At this point, though, are you not more concerned about the fact that a man who's a nervous flyer is emptying fuel... He's about to be chucked off a plane. He's about to get... At no point is the fact that he is a nervous flyer going to come back into this. True. Nor for Sly either. <clears throat> two, <throat> two character attributes that are never really referenced <laughs> again. Uh, so we get some rain backstory. Uh, <laughs> this might be the best line. Charles Rain is the sophisticated British aristocrat known internationally as the reign of terror. Yeah, By right. who? Great. By who? <laughs> well, the international community, quite obviously. Because so. <laughs> we've, got, we've got so much time on our hands, we, rather than say Charles Reign, the reign of terror. I love it. No. <laughs> no. Uh, bombings in London and Northern <clears throat> Ireland. Because of his close ties with the Middle East, he's untouchable. Again. Fine. Uh, just words, isn't it? Just, just yeah. word soup. Uh, so uh, Dalvecchio gets in a helicopter to go to the airline why does Bruce Greenwood want him at the airport uh, so no one talks to the press about the airline there's a lot of PR uh, in this as a subplot which is interesting <laughs> uh, it's a mom and pop run airfield too small for an aircraft that size I didn't know a mom and pop airport was a thing like it really threw me like, what is what is it do you charge people to land is it like a big car park uh, well uh we get the, we've done the roulette line, so we've got that. So <clears throat> here's the thing. By the way, uh, not written by our screenwriter. He was asked if the Always Bet on Black line, yeah. w- uh, w- where it came from, and he said, I didn't write it. Um, there weren't any black people in the film when I wrote it. Right. Uh, but he said, uh, it, it's a great line, and it's the best residuals that I get. 
Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> it's, that, it's that line that Don McLean said about him when someone asked him what American Pie means. And he said, it means I never have to work another day in my life. <laughs> uh, so the plane is supposedly too big for this airfield, which would make you think we're going to get a thrilling, is it going to fall off the is end of the... Is it going to fit? Runway? Right. <laughs> None of that. It just lands. It just, just, it just lands. They just sort of pop out of it as well. Like, you've let all the fuel go. Surely there's a scene where it's like, we don't know if we can land this thing. Like, we're coming down fast. It's running out of fuel. The air the, the airstrip is too short. Is yep. it, it going to... The brakes... $50 million. Kind of lucky it was there, really. We don't, know, we don't have the budget. <laughs> we simply don't have the budget. Uh, so as much as we'd love to extend the runtime, we can't have that bit in. He's uh, in a leather jacket now, though. Um, so Doesn't he look hot? Yes. No, like he's wearing a polo neck. <laughs> oh, yeah, and a shirt. A shirt <laughs> and a leather jacket. Other people are in T-shirts at that fair. Black turtleneck. <sighs> Uh, so he's kicked off the plane. Mm. Uh, the small and, oh town no, he's cops. in a racist town. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a racist town. Of course he is. The small town cops, they arrest John. Uh, Charles wants a fuel truck. Truck. The sheriff thinks uh, he's doing well. He's saved a hundred lives. It all feels very diehard too. Apart from the moment. dialogue, this is like I can't believe how placeholdery this dialogue is. Charles says to him, he's like, "What will you do if I don't give you the fuel? I'll start killing another group of passengers." <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. The, 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 the when and the why of the killing of the hostages is yeah. just very fuzzy. Because I mean, at some point, our hero is like, he wouldn't trade the hostages. He has nothing else to trade. <laughs> no, there's this lack of specificity. Hair tips. <laughs> He's got that to trade. Yeah. Do you want to know what conditioner I use? None. Bloody. Look how frizzy it is. <laughs> Wait, is this the right dialogue? What time is it? I use bears and honey. Charles? Chief Biggs, the uh, the sheriff, he's, I've, I've got a Smokey and the Bandit vibe from him. Yeah. He would work him on those films, but he can't. He doesn't know what to do about Cutter. He can't figure out if Cutter is with the terrorists or or, or who he says he is, and yep. he just doesn't know what to do. Call Atlantic, <laughs> just call them. Their name's on the plane. Yes, yeah. You can check his story out in ten what seconds. What you shouldn't do is believe a murderer when he goes. There's a black man that's got off the plane. Oh, okay, I'll believe. Now he's a racist, so it tracks. But yeah. it's yeah, it's very simple. Isn't it? It's very easy. Just just one use of the word boy. And it tells you all you need to I know. know. It's very powerful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, he wants uh, a special coffee and some buffering. Uh, buffering is Alka Seltzer, in case you didn't know. I thought it was something more fun than that, but I thought because of his age, it might be uh, an antacid. It is. It is. It's aspirin and antacid. Uh, so John's at it with these cops. He beats them up. Still assaulting a police officer. Very, very risky. Uh, you know, they may be in the wrong. Yeah. But that's not how the law works. It's not. <laughs> and you are a stickler for that, as we discovered at the end of the seven episode. So, uh, once again, here, you can't, you just can't hit the police. You can't. I'm sorry, you call Wesley Snipes boy, hmm? you're getting fucked up. <laughs> Agreed, but he's, I don't, I mean, is he forgiven at the end? He they all are, they, he, they get a redemption. Yeah, they do. Also, yeah, I, they do, it's strange. Um, it strange. Oh, yeah, he doesn't respect authority, Alex. You've got, to get, you, you've got to understand that about John Cutter. That's what he's like, scared of flying, doesn't respect authority. So That's in, everything you need to know. Not a fan of racists. <laughs> we're in Act 2, we're at the fairground now. So, do you not love the moment <laughs> where Charles Rain's men can hijack a plane, but three of them can't break into a car no. in 1993? That I love that bit. I also like, love the find bit. us a vehicle. I just can't get it. The bit where they're on the Ferris wheel and the man's like, oh, there are all these buttons. It's like one of them's go and one of them stop, definitely. But it's easier to figure that out than it is to climb a fucking Ferris wheel on your mental. <laughs> That's my favourite bit. Oh, uh, 
I think it's mad. I think it's uh, this is the this is the point where this film is absolute madness. So, act two in any movie is it's the promise of the premise. It's where you go. This oh, is yeah. what the movie. This is what the movie has said it is. Under siege. It's like we're under siege on this ship, and the main part is Steven Seagal running around on the ship, killing people. Yeah. Passenger 57. <laughs> it's about a guy on a plane. The entire of Act 2 is set on the ground in a yeah. fairground. They make, they make, they're on a jumbo jet and they make very little use of the space on that plane and the places you can go and the cat and mouse. There's been a lot of films with this premise that have done so much more. I, I, I do think it's very disappointing. Under Siege does a lot with that boat. We, we see none of that plane. And so, yeah, I agree. Because they were like, well, there's nothing else we can do. So we'll just put them in a funfair for 20 minutes. <laughs> and yeah, as I say, probably 10 films with this premise have come out since that have managed to figure out how to do it all on the plane. Uh, let's have a new character. This is Dwight Henderson from the FBI. He's going to press charges if they hurt Cutter. Mm. I, I'm going to say it now. <laughs> Sly, Dwight, someone has to be working for pain. Charles Rain. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's like, why is no one like a double crosser? It's uh, like, it's yeah. just, you need something like that. Sure. Why I mean, I still don't understand why anyone's working for Charles Rain, but fine <laughs> if you want more people to work for him. I don't know what they're getting out of this. That's uh, such a good point. There is no money, is there? There's no money. No. There's no cause. No. There's no, what's the motivation? I, I don't know. Hey. I thought, no. Uh, Cutter. <laughs> Cutter. <sighs> He's, he doesn't have a gun, but Charles Rain has a gun. Where are you going to hide to avoid being shot? How about behind these children on a merry-go-round? Unbelievable. He, literally, yeah. he's hiding behind kids. <laughs> kids are having their horses, their wooden horses, blown to shit yeah. because Charles Rain is shooting yeah. at Cutter. Yeah. It's madness. <laughs> it's literally... It's, it's just... Oh, dear. Yeah, it, it's bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, he catches Rain. Uh, Vincent, meanwhile, gets an ambulance. Uh, they're going to let Rain back on the plane, uh, but they're going <laughs> to... Again... Not sure this is allowed. They're going to let him get, climb the steps and then they're going to blow his fucking head off <laughs> with snipers. Again, are you allowed to do that? I don't think no. so. No, don't he's, think got so. To, he's got to stand trial. <laughs> oh, yeah, I never thought. He's got to. That's, that's it's really. It's the, it's the bloody end of seven. It's you, the end of seven. You, yeah. Literally, this was your hill. Yeah, I know, I know. And now you're like, this, this, great, this is a great movie. There's nothing wrong with this movie. They're going to shoot a I man dead. I wasn't sure of the logistics because they're like, well, no, we'll let him back on even though he has just told us his whole evil plan because he's English and he's got to. And what we'll do is the hostages will get off at the, just at the same time as we blow his head off, but there's like 200 people. Also, why is a guy who teaches safety classes commanding the FBI snipers? Ah, uh, yeah. Why has he got the radio? Why is he like, are you ready up there? It's like, who are you? Who the fuck who are, you? are you? Dwight Henderson has just turned up and has very little to do in this movie. So should he not be in charge of us because we work for him? Unbelievable. I think, I think you're allowed to blow a man's head off if he's just called a plane and said, Flight 163, this is daddy. <laughs> I love it! It's bad. It's bad. He's fit! Uh, uh, I mean, before. Oh, I love it! And then he's like, You don't have to put your seatbelt on. Oh, my goodness me. What's that's that? good. That's good. I like that. Brilliant. Yeah, that's good. No, he says, you don't, If you don't want to. Yeah, if you don't want to, don't put your seatbelt on. I mean, we, we missed a bit where Cutter interrogates. Uh, uh, Charles Rain uh, again. I can't even do it. Charles Rain. Charles Rain. He interrogates Charles Rain, and, uh, and Charles Rain says to him, "You know, I will never see the inside of a prison." Add again to that. We've already seen you in prison, you <laughs> fucking idiots. Again. <laughs> you know, I'll never see the inside of a prison. 
Charles. <laughs> Fine, again, again, yes, again. I won't see it. Apart Sorry, from this Let me morning. do it again. Uh, I won't see the inside of another prison is what I meant. Fine. 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 Uh, uh, and then... Uh, he uh, says, my instincts are to wax your ass all over this floor. Brilliant. Interesting imagery. Yeah. I, like using him as a waxer. Yeah, I love it. Fine. And rip his nuts off. Is that sure. what he said? Yeah. yeah. There's a, a, nuts play a huge part of the mm-hmm. final act he of this. He does kick him in the nuts, doesn't he? He, he, he kicks it. Mr. Forget in the nuts. Yeah. He kicks Charles Rain in the nuts. He's not he, He's not a fan of nuts on evil people. Well, it's an easy way to down someone, no? Yeah, Sly even says the line, I got a bad feeling about oh, this. Oh, I hate that bit. Yep. I hate that bit so much. I do like the car chat, though, so it's <laughs> forgiven because this is where him and the sheriff have made friends. He's like, I thought you biscuit-eating country boys could drive. So good. Yeah. Love it. Lovely bit of camaraderie, lovely yeah. bit of we've made up, now all is forgiven. Yeah. You know, racism has been cured in this moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then 30 years before Cruz was doing it, Wesley Snipes is hanging off the back That's of a plane. That's exactly what I thought. Yep. yep. Easy. <laughs> Done. So, a uh, lot of fighting now. Uh, Sabrina gets punched out by uh, Snipes, I think. And yeah, he says, in the he, cockpit uh, thing? He says, yeah. what a waste. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, what does that mean? I, I don't know, but I mean, it's not. he's not the worst offender because... Uh, Charles Ryan's the worst yeah, offender. Yeah, Charles Ryan to Marty yeah. is like, well, she's, he's like I'd like a speaking? drink. What would you like? <laughs> Anything wet. It's like, now, okay, I get at it. that point... If subtlety hadn't worked, and he clearly thinks it hasn't, <laughs> he goes, because you can go anything wet. Fine. <laughs> sure, if I squint and tilt my head. But then he goes, did our hero get into your tight little place? What does that mean? Oh, is that what he says? He tight says little place. Yeah. He okay. tells her he's going to kill her during, yeah, during sex. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't know. <laughs> Did you like it? That, that is the answer. <laughs> Did you like it? It wasn't a straight no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right, wants to fuck the Hulk. Doesn't mind dying during sex. <laughs> these, these last few weeks have been eye-opening. That's those, been two are, those two are mutually <laughs> exclusive, by the way. I think they would be interconnected. Oh, yeah. yeah. With his big green cock. Great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Cutter climbs into the cockpit. The pilots are casual about a man climbing into the cockpit. Yeah, they're like, who yeah. are you? No, they're not even like that. Like, sorry, who are you? <laughs> like, fine, you but it, right, but okay. Uh, a punches rain in the balls. Uh, <laughs> this is a great moment. The look of terror oh God, yeah. on Rain's face. Because, like, Bruce Payne, I, I, you know, I, I, you found respect for him on this watch. He keeps those dead eyes throughout. He doesn't change expression. This is the only moment where he realises he's being beat and yeah. he looks scared. Quite, and he's being beat quite slowly as well. He knows that one last punch and he's going to go. And he, he looks livid. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he kicks him out. Uh, and uh, rather than go to another airfield, despite having the fuel, they decide to return to an airfield too small for that plane. <laughs> Again. We, we did it once. <laughs> Let's roll the dice. It was easy. Always bat on black. Roulette. 50-50 <laughs> chance. So uh, they go back to the same airfield and... Uh, What's Sly going to do about these reporters? It's not his bag, talking to reporters. He does it very well. Uh, it's so disrespectful, though. He's like, our terrorism, anti-terrorism programme is a success. It's like, Douglas is dead. The pilot is dead. Maybe a little bit of gravitas yeah. is called for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as you said earlier, Mrs. Edwards leads them in an Arsenio Hall chant. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then Biggs and Cutter are now friends. A weird moment. You didn't happen to see my wife's gun. Oh, yeah, you gave him the gun and dropped it. That was brief, but sure. Uh, good night, Cutter. Good night, Biggs. End. <laughs> he offers him a lift into town. He goes, it's five miles. Yeah. And he goes, I'm going to walk. And it's like, 
Marty's there. She's still wearing her heels. Yeah. The energy there for them two is like, we are done with all transport. He's like, get in the car. Absolutely not. No, no, no. You're not getting me like that. So that's what I wrote. I wrote, it would work if he went... You're welcome to use the chopper. It, yeah. You know, we've got a police helicopter here. Take the chopper. He's like, I ain't getting on that because it's, he's a nervous flyer. Yes. And he's just been on a plane. They're hijacked. just going to walk forever now. Mm. Always. <laughs> yeah. All, everywhere. Have you seen Passenger 58? <laughs> it's just them walking very slowly That's into town. quite nice, isn't it? Much slower pace. <laughs> it reminds me of David Lynch's The Straight Story. Shorter, obviously. Yeah. But... Uh, right, that's it. Any more? No. Let's do the B8. So, uh, what is your best scene, Chris? So, yeah, I'm going to say this doesn't really deliver, but I like the two of them fighting while air is rushing into the plane. That's what I paid my money to see. But also, you sort of led to believe that when the door and the windows aren't on a plane, that everyone's going to go flying what? around. What do you? What are you led to believe? <laughs> that, that everyone will start flying around. Well, they've got their seatbelts on. Out. They no, didn't but have the, the two men, but they didn't have to. Yeah. The two people fighting don't know, yeah. and they it's, they seem fine. They I do. Think yeah, it's, it's not a problem. It's to do with altitude, and I think well, we're supposed to believe that the plane it's not long after takeoff, right? And so it hasn't got to thirty thousand feet, so it's not the pressure sucking them out. It's just an open door. Thank Thank you. I just wanted to see them sucked off. <laughs> well, that got you, didn't it? A spit take. <laughs> uh, right, uh, V then. Um, <laughs> how do you take your steak, whatever it is, and then something, and then it all kicks off, and you're like, oh my God, Elizabeth Hurley, that's the energy. You're a terrorist. And then in the cockpit with like, who's in charge? Bang, me. I just think it's brilliant. Uh, mine is... Always bet on black because it is the best scene in this movie. Uh, but also a little bit of keep the champagne on ice. We'll celebrate. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> uh, v, who or what is your most valuable whatever? Well, I have been round and round on this one because I a, like everybody. It's a tough one. <laughs> it really is. So I wanted to give it to Bruce Payne. The commitment is very laudable, but it almost, almost transcends the genre. And that is not what I want today. I want Wesley Snipes. God, he's likeable. And when he's like, God damn it, Lisa, we don't have time. Oops, that's not your name. I just love him. There's a lot of oops moments. God, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Chris. Yeah, I, I, watching this, having just watched Under Siege, makes me pick Wesley Snipes. Yes. You know, just such a charismatic, fun, likeable hero. Mm. Uh, makes all the difference. So... The snip. Uh, close call, uh, but seeing as you both picked Snipes, I had him down as a maybe, but I'm going to go with Payne. Yeah, uh, I, I really do think he's very good in this. And, I, you know, I wouldn't have noticed it as a kid because I'm just going, yeah, kick him out of the airplane, cool. But now, just to watch the minutiae, the minutiae of that expression change and the fear and the idea that he's been beat and it's like loss of control mm. in that moment... Just fantastic. Yeah. Nearly as good as Alan Rickman. Nearly. Yeah. <laughs> nearly. Nearly. So. so I'm giving it to Bruce Payne. And finally, I mean, I know you think it's a perfect film, More Victoria, or less, yeah. But what would you change? Apart from all the fucking things we've said wrong with <laughs> yeah, it in the I, last I, hour. I, I do feel a little bit more exposed than I did at the start of yeah. the episode. So, right, when Marty is chastised at the start because she stamps on someone and he's like, don't ever do that, obey everything they say, obviously the payoff is she stamps on yeah, someone. Of course! And saves I mean, come on, guys! So John just needs to learn to be wrong. Because Screenwriting 101. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it doesn't come back. So that, it's too short, which is something I never say. It's missing one more set piece in the sky on the plane. And also Dwight Henderson, if he's, he's there to get shot, so that he, but nicely shot. 
so that he yeah. doesn't die. But he needs to be in it from the start because I don't care that he gets shot. No, I like him. I said, like I said when he introduced him, it's like let's bring someone new in. Yeah, we've just met the cops. Here's another one. Who else is around? <laughs> Come on in. Yeah. We're going to get back on the plane. Okay, Chris, what would you change? Charles Rain needs some motivation. Okay. Here's my motivation for Charles Rain. Ooh. His dad is was a pilot. <laughs> And he hates his dad, yeah. so that's why he blows up planes. Okay, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. It's not, but it made me laugh. <laughs> I like it. Uh, mine is Act Two of a movie billed as a plane hijack movie cannot be set in a children's fair. <laughs> well, so much so that last week when we were talking about this film, you thought it ended at the fair. I don't remember like it, getting back. On no, the plane. exactly. So, so that's what stuck in your mind, which is a problem. Which is what I remember why I didn't like it that much because I was like, why are we on a? Why is he on a Ferris wheel in a plane movie? Yeah, like call the movie. Like Ferris Wheels 57. <laughs> Don't call it that. <laughs> Never call a film that. That's not my change. <laughs> uh, right, that's all I got for Passage 57. Are all we right. done? All right. Are we done? Yeah. yeah. I think it's time for the verdicts. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! And we're going to begin with Alex Zane. Uh, I did have a lot of fun watching Passenger 57 because uh, of how mad it is and the, the fact that I, uh, what should be the simplest movie to understand throws up so many questions. Mainly, what is our hero's job and what is his new job and what was his previous job? Does he work for the Secret Service? Did he ever? Why are him and Sly comparing something to the Secret Service as if they both have experience of being in the Secret Service? That's your opener, and it leaves me confused. I'm kind of in. I'm kind of in. However, despite the fact I think Bruce Payne is ten times the villain Tommy Lee Jones is, Under Siege gets my vote this week. I enjoy it more. It's more challenging uh, to watch now that everything you know about Steven Seagal. But fundamentally, it just has stakes that I understand. Nuclear weapons in the wrong hands. Blowing up Honolulu. Got it. Don't know what Bruce Payne is doing. Don't know why he's doing it. No stakes. Don't even know whether he's going to blow up this plane. I mean, it's suggested that he's going to blow it up to hide his escape again. Never see a bomb. Not once. (laughs) Never see anyone laying a bomb. Don't know what the plan is. He says to Elizabeth Hurley at one point, so we'll carry on with the plan. What plan? What plan? (laughs) I don't know. If if he made it off in the fairground and, and just got away... What then happens? I don't know. Yeah, he wasn't uh, even supposed to be at the fairground. Is the other thing. So what was the? Not plan? even supposed to be here today. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, despite some logic holes in Under Siege, it makes a shit ton more sense than Passenger Fifty Seven. Under Siege is my vote. Oh dear, this is not this is not going how I wanted. Vicky, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Passenger Fifty Seven. I think it hits the right notes. It, I mean, unless it's supposed to be serious, because it's absolutely daft. Uh, the fights are great. Both the lead and the villain are almost equally engaging. Now, Under Siege does have a lot going for it because of Tommy Lee Jones, but Steven Seagal, at best, I think he's dead-eyed. And at worst, I think he's a lot worse than that. And when he's not fighting or blowing shit up, he's turgid. And I can't I can't bear to watch him. So it's Passenger 57 all day long. Why is this not going the way you wanted, Because I don't know what I'm voting for. How do you not know what you're voting for? Did you just listen to the last hour and three minutes? Because <laughs> I, was, I was coming in voting for Under Siege. Right. But, but what Vicky said has been very convincing because I feel all those things about Steven Seagal. 
I think Under Siege is a better film, but I don't enjoy it as much because of him being at the centre of it all. So which way do I vote? You are day on such thin ice about the whole ethos of this podcast, and I don't want to get into it now. We'll discuss it in the pod. In the pod? So in what the do pod I do? Pod. I'm not listening to you. I'm talking, not you. So I don't know what to do. Can we put Wesley Snipes in Under Siege? No, we can't. Hmm. Um, is that a question? <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> Can we? I, I mean, really, God complex, uh, <laughs> but like hive mind I here. I think, yes. I think that's a possibility. <laughs> no. All right, under siege. There you go. It is the better... For, it is the, it's fact. <laughs> it's the better... For, no, fine. Well done. We have a winner, and the winner is under siege. I know how you're feeling... We'll talk about it over a beer before you go and see Oppenheimer. Um, Steven Seagal is great in it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. He plays the bomb. You'll love it. Uh, right then. Uh, don't forget, though. Obviously, I'm saying Under Siege is a natural winner. It might not be, and V clearly thinks otherwise. Natural but what do you, winner. What do, you, what do you think, Clash Potters, Cake Sailors? Uh, get in touch. <laughs> Don't forget, you can have your say and let us know how right or wrong you think we got it when the poll goes up on our Twitter, which is at Clash Pod. All right, next week, Chris gave the clue. Uh, no, I gave... No, Chris gave the yeah, clue. Yeah, let's do yours as well, because that will be the Twitter clue. So I said it's a film on general release. Mm. I wonder if anyone's got it off the back of that. Oh, I don't know, but mine was plastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Which is better. The movies are Manquin, I think it's pronounced. <laughs> Manquin, yes. Yeah, Manquin and Babby. Mannequin and Barbie is next week's pairing. Mannequin on Monday, Barbie on Thursday. So you are going to need to take a trip to the cinema or you can listen to the pod and then decide whether to go see Barbie. I haven't seen it. Vicky hasn't seen it. Chris has already seen it. He's not saying anything right now. That is our pairing for next week. Mannequin versus Barbie. We will be back on Monday with part one, which is Mannequin. Have a lovely, lovely weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.